the Trent, the Jet, they like agents on top of pavements, peppermint patty fragrance. Taking the credits when they spits and spritz a chip and dip a dip and dell I pin the tail. Death throw the penalty ID, throwing your identity, theft crime in the night, pick pop, keep the lock, stop, drop, roll the dice, double double dough, eat the rock road, Rochambeau, tic tac toe, crossing a roll with the nice flow, with my industry, see me room, room, play monopoly with my commodities, stop the eyes and cross the teeth, teeth. How do you do, venters? My chief purpose of this podcast is to have meaningful conversations with significant individuals whom I have connected with along the way. As my daughter says in the intro, we will dot all the I's and cross all the T's to prove that questions are the answers while finding out what these significant people ultimately vent about. We are blessed to have Jenny Nearing, Executive Director of SoCal BNI, as our guest this episode. Jenny is a driven young professional, wife, and mother of three. Jenny is a perfect example of an individual who capitalizes on her opportunities while being pleasantly persistent and always challenging herself to improve. Jenny is proof that business people can focus on more than just the bottom line. If you are looking for a person who can turn a frown upside down, then Jenny Nearing and her stories will do just that. Enjoy the conversation. So good morning, Jenny. How are you doing today? Good. Thank good you. Thank you for joining us on the second edition of Vent with Trent the Gent. And um, it's almost 10 o'clock here in Los Angeles. And so I know that you do more in the first three hours of your day <laughs> than probably most business people do. Yeah, I'm an early riser. I get an early start on my day. Mm-hmm. And you get up early, obviously, because you probably have a lot of networking events. Mm-hmm. Um, what else do you tend to do in, in your morning? Uh, well, actually, I feel like my day starts the day before, because before I go to bed every night, I have a to-do list, and those are the things I want to accomplish first thing in the morning before I head off to BNI or trainings, so that I feel like I can go in with a really clear mind. So I get up early so that I can really get through those checklist items, um, one thing, for example, I don't like leaving with inbox emails in my inbox. I like that to be clear. Um, so go through my inbox, clear that out, um, really get focused on my day, um, you know, prep all my meeting notes, review, you know, different things like that so that when I get wherever I'm going, I can just be there in the moment. Have you always been a to-do list type person or when did when did you become that that person in life i've always been a checklist person (laughs) yeah my whole life um when i when i think of things i always have like a little notepad and i write it down and then those are the things that either make it to my to-do list or things that you know get pushed to the side that aren't really priority items i've that's just me. That's the way I'm so, wired. So it's innate. You're, that, yeah. that's just, you've always been that way, yeah. even as a little kid. As long as I can remember. So let's talk a little bit about your business and BNI. And obviously, I know one of the slogans of BNI is BNI is changing the way that the world does business. So with that said, why do you feel that BNI is not a household name at, at this point? Oh. That's a good one, because that's one of our big focuses this year. 
And I think part of it is that in just business in general, it's always been business is separate from family and you go home from your day and you're supposed to leave, you know, leave your business at the office. And it's not really that way anymore. People bring their daily business along with them with all their electronics devices and it, your day doesn't really end. Um, so I feel like that's kind of the old way it used to be and so BNI wasn't part of your family. And um, you know, there hasn't really been an avenue or I should say an, a, an appropriate setting for the family to be part of your BNI experience. They know that you're getting referrals and growing your business, but they don't really know what that means. So I feel like it's been separate mm -hmm. and it's now starting to become more of, you know, the culture where our chapters are doing mixers, they're including their significant other and their family and. So it sounds like you answered that question very literally, specifying on the actual families. Mm -hmm. So when I meant household name, I meant like if I went to someone that was just in Idaho and said, I'm a BNI member, why wouldn't they know what BNI is and what it stands for? I wish I knew the exact answer for that. I think primarily the thing that we face is that we are word of mouth. And so we're not the type of brand that you're seeing on TV and hearing about over the radio. It's all just people talking about their experience and how they grow their business and BNI is part of that. So it's not, even though it's a big brand, it's not a big brand in advertisement, in media, it's all hearsay. I think it's becoming more of a household name just through social media, through things like this, podcasts and Ivan's books and those types of things. But, you know, we're not mainstream media where you're going to see our commercial on TV or see a big billboard. Yes, because as it's you said, your word of mouth, yep. so how would it look if you were yeah. You brought out a, a full ad somewhere. It's all really genuine and organic advertising through our satisfied members and the referrals that they're servicing. So, yes. so get that buzz out there. Yeah. What do you feel? What's the best way to, to get the buzz out? What, what makes your, your clients who are your members, what makes them want to talk about the experience? I think sometimes our members don't really know how to talk about their experience and I personally feel like the best way they can share BNI is just talking about the success that they receive, the relationships that they build. It doesn't necessarily need to be scripted or really planned, just organic communication about how they're building business and who they're working with and the contacts that they have. So, so sometimes they don't really know what to say when they really just need to speak from the heart. Exactly. So you mentioned them sharing their best experience. So I'm probably going to put you on the spot right now. But as the executive director of um, SoCal BNI, I'm sure you have a story. So what would be <laughs> your <one>? best? <laughs> exactly. So good. So you have a lot. So what would be your best BNI? And it could be a success story because I know we like to focus mm -hmm. on successes. But if there's just a funny story, what's your best BNI story? Uh, like a personal story? My that, own success not, story? Not yours. No, because I know you have many successes. We'll get to that. But just that you've heard from another member that they've shared with you that kind of touched your heart that that's a great story or it could be a funny story. You know, um, 
Some of my favorite stories, of course, I love it when I'm hearing about members making money and getting their dream referrals, but some of my favorite stories are the ones that really like pull at the heartstrings and make me feel like I'm making a difference in the world are the personal things. Um, I was visiting a chapter a couple years back and one of the members had just received diagnosis that she had cancer and didn't have family around, Was had moved here from out of state not too long before. And just being there and hearing the chapter rally around and set up a food train and, you know, just like that support, you, how do you, you can't put a price on that. Those are the things that we don't really quantify, but that make a difference in their life. Um, she happened to be an accountant and had all these clients to serve. Actually, she was a bookkeeper and the CPA in the chapter stepped up and just offered to help support the clients while she was going through treatment so she didn't lose her business. I mean, so just, they became, you know, they became her family. Yes. Um, so those are the ones that really pull at my heartstrings personally. Um, the financial, the referrals, you know, I, I was working with a startup in the South Bay. This was probably back in, I don't know, 2008 or 2009. And a gentleman that does window replacements came to visit and he wanted to join, but we found out after the meeting, he was actually in the process of losing his home. He didn't, he literally did not have the money. The general contractor put up the money because he needed that power partner in the chapter. And it not only saved the guy's business, but it completely turned his life around. So those are, I mean, I could talk all day about the yeah. success stories. Oh, great, great teamwork, family stories. Yeah, and just be, and our members feeling comfortable enough to share their vulnerabilities and the challenges in their life and know that the people there are really there to support them. Yeah, I remember, and I should tell the, the listeners that uh, Jenny is a good friend of mine, as well as she's my boss because I'm a director and a trainer within her region. So I've even seen instances where referrals such as those in the same vein that the person wanted to put in a slip to thank that person for that referral and obviously there's no price to that as yeah. you said it's priceless so they just they put in the slip they told the story and they said it's priceless mm -hmm. right like the, the credit card commercial <laughs> yeah. so, so those are good things you know we just had the event on sunday our big picnic and the dj mc for the day his referral request was to a talent manager and monday morning we got a an email from one of the real estate agents that was there that said she put in a call to one of her good friends and she got Dion the referral to the talent manager. It's like, there you, you know, go. and he was giving his time that day. He didn't make any money off of, you know, taking care of that event, but it came back to him. That's the way BNI works. Let's talk a little bit about, about you personally. So what are you doing that no one else is doing? that oh. you know of? <laughs> well, that's really hard because I feel like I'm in a way a copycat. <laughs> okay. and, and that might not sound good, but I read a lot. I listen to a lot of different, you know, motivational and personal development and go to a lot of conferences and seminars. And I feel like I take little bits and pieces from all of those experiences. So I know other people are doing these things because I didn't come up with these ideas on my own. Um, so you're doing something that most aren't doing in your home. I'm trying to get to, to a certain thing that you shared with the directors of BNI 
months back. You know, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to get at? Um, what are you doing inside your house that the average person is not doing? And I'm assuming you're still doing it. Making my kids part of our business? <laughs> no, not that. We'll get to the, we'll get to the city boys <laughs> soon. Keep going, Trent. How about, I want you to talk about the butterflies. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> there we go. Oh, so, um, yes. Well, do you want me to talk about my passion to make a difference in the world that way? The ecosystem? Or yeah, let's, let's the, hear a little bit about that. Or the way I, like, I tie that into B&I and my life. Well, we'll, we'll get life. to that. Okay. Right now, I just want to know, you know, why do you feel what really you're doing with the started, butterflies like, is, is a, worthwhile? Almost like a science experiment. Like, so I actually, um, I met this woman. She's, her name is the butterfly lady. That's what everybody calls her. And she was talking about how there's this, you know, problem with the monarch butterflies and there aren't enough of them in the world. And part of that is because, actually the majority of that is because the milkweed plants um, are, we don't have enough food for the butterflies. And so she said to make a difference, go out and get yourself some milkweeds, plant them and see what happens. So we were actually just getting ready to redo our backyard and I told Adam, he asked me what plants, which by the way, Adam's my husband, <laughs> he asked me which plants we wanted in the backyard. And I said, the only thing I want in the backyard is milkweed. So he went out and got milkweed. And sure enough, we started getting big, huge, fat, juicy monarch caterpillars. And we went through the first life cycle of it. It was a really awesome experience for the kids. And then I started realizing we are helping to rebuild the monarch population. And it's just, it's become a real passion of mine. Our kids run out to the backyard almost every single day to see kind of like what phase we've got. Do we have new eggs? Do we have new chrysalis? And it's just, I feel like that experience can, it like symbolizes so many different things in life and business and it's really peaceful. <laughs> <laughs> so now actually within our track of homes, I know of probably just off the top of my head, 20 other families that have now gone out, bought milkweed plants and have butterfly gardens at their home. So oh my goodness. So that's why like the whole you think everybody else is doing it. Yes. That's why the first question was so like, what is he talking I about? I guess I was the first follower. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so the butterfly lady, it really inspired me. You know, initially I thought it'd just be a good experience for the kids. And if we helped make a little bit of a difference, and then I realized, no, it was making a big difference. I can't walk in the backyard at any time and not see a butterfly. That is so awesome. Yeah. Now, from what I heard, you actually, for a second, had some of them inside your house. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Talk about that experience. So part of the challenge with the whole butterfly experience is that it, it happens when you're not really looking. And if you're not, like, staring at the process, you miss it. So with it being in the backyard, we would go out and see, oh, that one looks like it's going to be a chrysalis. The next day we'd go out and it would have already happened. So we started bringing them inside in a container <laughs> and that way we could actually experience it. Um, it also helps to control like disease out in the community, in the butterfly community, I'll say. Um, so it just kind of makes it a little more personal and you see the whole process. It's really amazing. It sounds like it. So 
Even though it sounds creepy to have bugs in your house. <laughs> I was going to coin you the butterfly lady, but since there's already one out there, I guess we have to get, get another name for you. Another thing that I heard about butterflies, and then we'll switch gears a little bit, is lately here in Southern California, it's been fairly, fairly warm. So I hear if it's warmer, then that makes the, the butterflies develop a little bit quickly? It does, yeah. So have you experienced that? Yeah, actually the first, um, like I'll say the first cycle that we went through, I didn't really know much about the process. We planted our milkweed at the wrong time of year, which I didn't know at the time. And so our chrysalis, the first set of chrysalis that we had, they started in January. And it's supposed to take almost exactly 10 days from, their, from them to come out of their chrysalis. And it was like four weeks because it was cold. But yes. I didn't realize that that's why I thought, uh-oh, like we did something wrong. And that was actually the first time I decided to bring them inside because I read online that if, you, if they were in a warmer climate, they would eat close. And within two days, we had our first set of butterflies. There you go. So. Turned yeah. up the heat a little bit, <laughs> literally. So now let's, you, you mentioned, how, how do we relate that to BNI? So how do you relate this whole BNI experience, I mean, the butterfly experience to either BNI members or to a BNI chapter? Um, so one of the things that we sometimes come up against with our chapters and even our members is them trusting the process and they feel like it's not working because they're not seeing instant results. They're not, you know, that instant gratification or that thank you for closed business or they'll be inviting for a long time and they're not seeing the visitors come. And it really reminded me of my butterfly experience because sometimes it seems like nothing's really happening. You just have this little chrysalis hanging there for 10 days and it looks like nothing. But the process that it's going through, it can't skip any steps. If it skips any steps, you won't have a butterfly. And so I think we just have to trust the process and stay persistent and continue with it. Don't give up, don't skip any steps to really get our butterfly. So with that said, and going back to BNI's and SoCal BNI generally, you have some audacious goals out there for, for the region and just the growth of the region. So how, what are the steps that you're gonna to take to get to from where you are now to where you wanna be? So um, right now I feel like we're just getting to that point where we are about to become a chrysalis <laughs> as a region. We've gone through a lot of ups and downs. We've been, you know, focusing on certain things and sticking with it. And when I like compare that to the caterpillar, they eat, 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 and then they become the chrysalis. And right now I feel like the last 12 months we've just been really hitting it hard. And um, some of our goals, uh, we've actually done a really good job this year of meeting our goals for mechanisms to hit numbers. Um, one of our goals was to have more mixers after hours, incorporate non-BNI members with BNI members, and we've hit all of our goals in those areas. Um, we really are gonna be focusing more on outside uh, referral sources, like different chambers, different um, you know charities that we can really connect with and help to support them, more community awareness, that type of thing. We've 
our chapters are doing great. We just need more awareness in the community to bring more members and more referral opportunities to our chapters. And hopefully um, at the end of this podcast, we'll give you an opportunity to let people know where that they'll be able to, to reach you. Okay. So talked a little bit about change. Obviously you're doing some things a little bit differently. And Jay-Z, the rapper, if you're familiar with him, says that one of the biggest things in business is opening yourself to change. So tell us about a time where you really saw that you had to, to make a change business-wise. Actually, for me personally, change is what inspires me. And like every time we make a shift in our region or within the organization, it's like the thing that I feel is my launching pad. I really thrive with that change. Um, there have been a couple big things that have gone on just within the organization overall with the ownership change, um, with Ivan selling to Graham. That, at, at first, because we didn't know Graham, it was a little uneasy, but now it's like super exciting. Headquarters is doing a lot of great things to help support us as franchisees that we can then pass on to our members. And um, so that I think has been the most recent and significant change, just the whole culture. We're really starting to feel a shift. Um, a lot of young people coming in to support the organization with great ideas, a lot more social media, the BNI app is coming out, just like all of these really exciting, I'll say like millennial type of things mm -hmm. that our members need and they want. Yeah. So we talked about the butterflies. We talked about all this great changes that are coming for, for your members and clients. That said, what would you say is the most valuable work that you do? Oh, so I'm really passionate about leadership development and helping people that are maybe feeling like they can't get where they want to go to stay focused, stay plugged in, and once again, to trust the process, whether it's in BNI or just in business. And so I feel like I have the biggest impact when I'm working with our director team, empowering them to develop their leadership skills and their own personal development because they're touching our members regularly, week in and week out. So I feel like that's where I can make the biggest impact is continuing to work with our director team. Um, the Java with Jenny is a great way for me to connect at the member level and really get intimate with people to find out what their goals are and how as a region we can support them. So since you brought that up, I was going to do this, do this a little bit later. Normally, I give some type of token of appreciation for you um, sitting down with me on the podcast. So I got you a book. It's The Carrot Principle, and it's how the best managers use recognition to engage their people, retain talent, and accelerate performance. So Ooh, I want to present you. that to you. So since BNI is a culture of recognition, mm -hmm. um, tell me how you've seen that relationship between recognition and improved performance. How, how is that related by just recognizing individuals, be it either just members or your directors, and how it improves performance overall? Yeah, you know, I think um, our organization is somewhat unique because a lot of our members, they work independently, or maybe they are the business owner, so they're always giving the recognition. They don't receive it as regularly. 
So I feel like just in general, our members really thrive off of that. And I've seen it so many times at the chapter level where they start to kind of get away from the recognition or maybe they're doing it, but not really a sig in a significant way that has an impact. And you can really feel it in the culture and the retention. Then once they start bringing it back to their you know, regular chapter culture, you, you can literally feel it when you walk in the room. Um, at our director level, I, we have really good retention with our director team. I mean, we always have people that are coming and going for whatever life circumstances, but um, I feel like not just from our standpoint, but from other team members giving recognition, from the survey feedback that our team members get, all of you know those little accolades here and there, I think really help to deposit into their emotional bank account and you know helping them to continue to develop as professionals. So being the executive director of, is it 1,600 members? Yeah. Obviously, you're a great leader, my words. <laughs> and so Charles Goodyear, I know he spent many years just experimenting on how to become a great leader and working mm -hmm. on his leadership skills. So how how did you develop your leadership skills of because obviously you're leading you know thousands of individuals out there um in the in the business world and not only are some of them work for you as directors consultants but a lot of them are your clients right. that are business individuals that you have to lead from so how did you develop to become such a great leader well I've been fortunate because I've had so many great people to learn from. Um, you know, not even you know the big famous people that you hear about, but you know, just really close mentors. Bill and Sue Mills were really, you know, they made a huge impact in my life. And I think, um, you know, it's kind of a funny story, but when they came to visit my home chapter the first time I was giving a keynote, Bill tells this story all the time. He and Sue left the meeting and in the car they were talking about how I would never last because I was young and they just, they didn't think that, you know, I, I was a lot younger than any of the other members in the chapter and new in business. I'd been selling insurance, but I had just gone off on my own and they just, they didn't think I was going to last. Hmm. And they continued to invest in me and connect with me and support me and I feel like I need to do that to other people because if they would have just you know had that conversation and never have done anything with it I might not have lasted but they had confidence in me so you know I just I continue to try to surround myself at a close level with people that um, maybe they're in a leadership position that's totally different than business um, whether it's you know working with children or um, at the church or whatever, just different leaders um, that I can take little nuggets from here and there. I also really try to be um, humble in taking feedback from people, and even when it stings. <laughs> uh, um, but you know, like people like you, Trent and Lem and Mike and Clement, I ask for feedback regularly because I know those are things that can not only help improve our organization but help me as a leader. So, great story about, by the way, Bill, Bill and Sue. Why do you think when they left the meeting they felt like you wouldn't make it 
but then they, for some reason, they identified you and said, we're going to help her and at some point make you a partner. I mean, how, how, how did all that happen? It seems like you would be the last person on the radar to yeah. eventually become a partner the, with I think um, when they gave me opportunities, I jumped at every single one of them. And I, it, it was like my personal mission to do the absolute best I could. Um, I remember after I had Austin, our first son, Sue called me and said, when are you coming back to work? And I thought, oh my goodness, I don't, I don't even know if our baby was like a week old at this point. And I remember telling Adam, I don't think I can do this. Like, you know, I, I felt so overwhelmed with having a new baby and I thought, you know, I'm gonna stay as a member but I'm gonna quit being a director. And Adam said, you, you can't afford to quit being a director. And not because I was making money but just the development and the connections and what Bill and Sue had already invested in me just time-wise and mentorship. He felt like I owed it to them to stick it out and I'm so glad that I did. Um, so I just think every opportunity they gave, I really jumped at it and gave it my best. And um, I asked them for open and honest feedback, even still to this day. When I was speaking in January in Jacksonville, I had them come out and we spent the whole time after, probably a good hour, hour and a half after my talk, and they were giving me notes. You know, you need to do this, you did great here, you can improve here, have you thought about this? And just things that I wasn't really thinking about, they were able to put on my radar. So you mentioned Adam, you mentioned his support during that time and how he told you that you couldn't afford to not be a director still. From my experience, I know a lot of spouses of BNI members, usually they're like, you're going to another meeting, you're doing something else with BNI, yeah. you're really not getting anything from it, so they don't see mm -hmm. that gestation period right. of the butterfly and how it takes time. So. How, how do we get more spouses to understand that this is a marathon, the BNI process is, is a marathon, and how, how can we get them to be more supportive like Adam was to, to you? Because I think even in the beginning, Adam was kind of like, oh, I don't know about this BNI yeah, thing. Yeah, you know, and actually, especially when Bill and Sue came to me and said, are you interested in buying into the business? And he's like, what are we buying? Air, water? I don't get it. It didn't make sense to him. Um, but I think he was also the person that I would always share the successes with. And so when I, you know, when I came into BNI selling commercial insurance and I would get that great referral, I shared all of those with him. So he knew it was working. You know, I, it wasn't like I was, you know, it was all happening in a bubble. He was hearing about the success stories. He was wondering where the business was coming from because I wasn't out cold calling anymore. He knew it was coming from somewhere. Um, but that's one of the reasons why we're trying to do more things to include families, to include spouses. We're actually getting ready to do a video competition where, uh, or I should say a challenge, not really a competition, where members submit their video of, you know, why BNI? because I think the more we can include those stories and share them with our family and our friends, they understand why we're so committed to this process. Any um, dates when uh, that It that, will be starting in August. In August. Yeah, so that'll be getting rolled out here. 
and it'll, a lot of it's going to be social media focused so people can post their videos and then share them with others. Yes. You also mentioned Austin, so let's talk about the City Boys right, right <laughs> now. Um, first, before we get into the names and how you came about uh, of the names, what's the funniest BNI story that one of the City Boys have ever told you or, or oh my goodness. a funny question that Maybe they're kind of like, well, what is this BNI thing? Oh. Can you think of any? I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. <laughs> yeah, they they talk about BNI like, uh, I don't know, like they just get it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just part of their communication. They they hold their friends to like this really high standard, and you know they talk about accountability. They talk about responsibility. They you know. They get up in front of a room full of people. You saw them at the picnic. They're not scared to be on the microphone. Um, they just, you know, I, I love hearing them talk to like their cousins and their friends about how things that they get to do in their life are because their mom and dad work hard. And hearing them recognize that, it's like, oh. <laughs> so you actually have seen qualities and traits that just by them hearing, like I said, you mentioned accountability, just by hearing those types of things that now they have those same expectations that they expect from oh, their yeah. friends and yeah. that they deal with on a day. Or, I mean, basis. we've been places before and they see kids acting. I mean, they're kids. They, they're crazy and they're wild, but they know when they're sitting in a room, a meeting room. I mean, they've, they've gone to BNI conferences and sat through sessions that are hours long, and they know how to act. Yes. And um, I was speaking at the um, school district earlier this year, and we were really pushing to get the support that we need for our school program, and there were a lot of kids there. And our kids were sitting there saying, look how they're acting, this is embarrassing. You know, so they're able to recognize, you know, behavior that they should be yeah. You know, it's, it's time to be a kid. Yeah, exactly. It's time to do some business, even as, as yeah. a kid. So, so that's great. It, it, it's funny because my wife, she mentioned to me probably a few weeks back, she's like, Jenny should have like a BNI for kids. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great idea, but I don't know if that's part of the franchise agreement, if she can just branch out and do Almost something like, like that. Almost like a junior achievement type of yeah. thing. Yeah. Would, would that be something that is possible down I don't the line, know, but or? I would love that. Yeah, yeah, because it just seems, as you said, just by being in that atmosphere and in that environment, mm -hmm. our our kids could learn right. and learn a lot. So. You know, even in their school, like they're always the mentors. You know, bringing the new kids in, helping to get them acclimated, and I just I'm really proud of who they are as humans. They're good. They're good humans. They care about people. They like to give. They like to help. They're honest communicators, even when you don't really want to hear it. Um, but as we were getting ready for the event this last weekend, we took them for one of the walkthroughs and we were measuring things. And Phoenix said, Mommy, how many kids are going to be at the picnic? And I said, well, I think we've got like 100 registered. And he said, oh, we're going to make so many new friends. Wow. You know, so. Even the connectivity aspect, yeah. they, they, they get it. So yeah, I, that would be something great that others BNI members could share with their children that aren't necessarily in in right. it on a day-to-day -day basis. You know, so. Tom Sheltraw, one of our directors, he took his older son to two chapter success forms last month. 
just to be exposed to different businesses and different personalities and he had him take the notes for the chapter success forum and I thought that's really cool mm -hmm. and something that he's going to remember forever even if he doesn't go into business for himself. So something like that is an option. Oh you yeah. Need, you don't have to be 18 to bring a young one to. No I think uh, you know as long as they understand that they're there to observe and learn and you know they're not going to be a distraction to you know the, the group then. Yes. All right, listeners, you heard it. Uh, <laughs> quickly, so the City Boys, how, how did you and Adam derive at, at the names? Is there a story behind the names? So everyone thinks there's like some crazy, funny story that goes along with it. <laughs> um, when I was pregnant with Austin, being that it was the first boy, I said, okay, Adam, you can pick the name. I really liked the name Phoenix, but he really liked the name Austin, so he picked Austin. Then when I was pregnant with the second son, I said, now it's my turn. I want Phoenix and he's like we're not gonna do that that's that's ridiculous they're gonna get teased in school and I told him like word for word they'll never be in the same class well here cool. we are fast forward and all three of them are in the same class <laughs> anyhow so he agreed to the whole Austin and Phoenix thing and then when I got pregnant with Memphis I liked the name Jackson and Adams and I Mm, we liked it, but it was around the whole time of Michael Jackson passing. So oh, we thought okay. people might think he's like a tribute baby. I don't know. It just seemed weird to yeah. us. And we knew with Austin and Phoenix, we couldn't then have David or Steve. Had to keep it going. It, like he would have felt really left out. And so we were watching the movie Happy Feet and the little penguin's name is Memphis. And I'm like, that's it. There it's Memphis. Go. Great. And it's funny because his personality is really similar to that little penguin. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about the business mindset of the City Boys, and we know that they can, can play with, with the best of them, considering Phoenix had a little accident <laughs> over the weekend. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at, at least, and did he break his wrist? Is that he what it was? He did break his wrist. At least he didn't do it doing Pokemon Go. Are, are you guys, oh are you goodness. a Pokemon Go family? We're, are you doing any okay, of that? So we haven't, we haven't joined into the, the club, but um, last night we were at the park practicing for baseball and I think there were 250 people there and we had a lot of fun people watching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but actually you, you made me think of something with, um, so you know, Phoenix did break his wrist on Sunday and his baseball team, they're getting ready for the playoffs. And this kid lives for baseball. I mean, like it is all that he thinks of. So when they told him his wrist was broken and he couldn't play baseball, he was okay having a broken wrist till they said he couldn't play baseball. Mm. And he fell apart. And I think most kids that would have kind of been it for them, but he suited up. He went and sat on the bench. He helped with the lineup. Like he's still committed to his team. And I think you know, that comes from being exposed to these true, types of true things. True BNI fashion right yeah. there. All right, a few more things before we wrap up that I, I want to get to, and I want to respect your time. Uh, let's talk about going back to when you were a member in insurance business. And there's a rumor out there that in SoCal BNI, you were one of the best inviters of all time. Because <laughs> listeners, one of the things that we invite visitors to come um, be introduced to some of our referral partners. So can you tell us 
if that's true, if you consider yourself one of the best ones ever of inviting, how did you develop that mindset and how did you become such a good person at inviting guests to your chapter member? I, th I think part of it is I didn't really know any better. <laughs> I didn't know any different, I should say, not better. Um, I just, I've always been a, what I would consider a fairly persistent person and never really met a stranger. And I truly believe that BNI helps people. And before joining BNI, I was cold calling, not over the phone, but going business to business. And I would find these little automotive parks and I sold a lot of garage keepers and general liability to automotive shops. So I'd find these little auto parks and I'd go business to business. And that, I mean, that's how I would solicit. And so when I joined BNI, I stopped doing that. I would still go business to business, but I would just go in and ask them how business was. And did, you know, were they interested in growing their business? Would they like to come hear a great keynote? Would they like to come, when I go and deliver a policy and save someone a lot of money, they would, what, Jenny, what can we do for you? Can, can we treat you to lunch? Can, you know, they wanted to help me and I would just say, hey, come have breakfast and share a testimonial about my services and what I did for you and they'd come and visit. So I just, I literally would invite every person I spoke with and it really didn't matter the outcome. I would just continue to connect with them and something would remind me of them and I'd circle back around, hey, I was thinking about you this morning. You've got to come by and visit. So I just became part of what I did. It wasn't something I really had to think about. I didn't schedule a block of time to invite. It's just invite everyone. Yeah. And I hear that you were so pleasantly persistent. I always like to put pleasantly in front of there <laughs> that you would just continue to maybe even ask the same person. Oh, yeah. Because you knew eventually. They would come. They would come. They would come. So that's and, you know, great and, and it was really genuine. You know, I'd be at, a, at our chapter meeting and the keynote presenter would bring something up that would make me think about someone that I had been inviting. And I would circle back around and say, this person was, you know, they mentioned this this morning, really made me think about you. Would you like to come visit? Yeah. Would you like to come meet them? I think they can help you. Or I think you'd like to connect with them or think they can help your business, whatever it was. And it was never with an intention of having them join. It was literally just to have them come and meet my team. Yeah. Do you, once again, this is going to be one that might be tough for you because I, I have something to read to you, but only probably if you have something to tell me. Uh -oh. <laughs> do, do you have a profitable introduction that sticks in your mind from a member that you've heard that that was kind of like, that's very good and I will never forget that one. Oh, wow. And you can think about um, that. So like, actually, yes. Um, when I was visiting a chapter in Anaheim Hills, there was a member that stood up and asked, I'm gonna draw a blank on the name now, race car driver, famous, oh goodness, stood up and asked for him by first and last name. Okay. And that was the IT person, wanted to do all the IT for him. And two seats over was actually the commercial insurance agent for the chapter. And she stood up and said, my, our children have been dating, they've been best friends, they've grown up and gone through elementary school. We have barbecues and picnics with them. Like we're almost like family wow. and made the referral right there. Just and like that's that. That's the value of dropping that name yes. that we can't remember I today, can't. but that's okay. I, and I've said it a gazillion <laughs> times. Like we're gonna, right when we get done, it's gonna come to me. Uh, if it comes to you before we end, you can just 
John Force. I got it. I got it. John Force. John Force. Yes. Okay. Good. <laughs> Great story. Uh, I'm gonna read this one to you really quickly. This this one really is not specific. Really doesn't have an LCD, but probably still one of the best ones I've ever heard. Okay. So hello, hello, Hidden Jewel. I'm Lee Petros, the state planning attorney. Prince viewed his life as Purple Rain. His assets included a little red Corvette, as well as diamonds and pearls. You knew of his death when you heard doves cry. <laughs> because he failed to plan, you can bet that there will now be thieves in the temple who will be delirious to get their hands on the famed Raspberry Beret. I'm sure he meant to leave his treasures to the most beautiful girl in the world and tell others to get off. However, since he was a party man, his numerous beneficiaries are now telling each other, let's go crazy. He lived a pop life, but now Uncle Sam will be partying like it's 1999. I'm looking for referrals to people who are seeing the sign of the times and don't want to have a controversy. So I, <laughs> I thought that was great. That's I had him print it out for me. And it's, it's so, what's your reaction to, to that one? Well, if the listeners could see me, I'm smiling. Yes. <laughs> it's one of those that it makes you feel good. You want to listen to it. You can relate to it. Um, I think it's a really creative way. He's a estate planning mm -hmm. attorney, right? Yes. And that's not really like that exciting of a topic most of the time. It's an exciting way to really get people thinking about it. My only recommendation always is to ask for a referral source. There you go. And so, you know. But it was cute. It, it was, was. It was timely. It was awesome. And it was creative. Two more things. Totally a quick question. relevant. What do you do most of your creative thinking? Oh, when I'm driving. When you're driving. Yeah. I, I drive a lot and I listen to a lot of, I, I listen to music, but I listen to a lot of like motivational and personal development CDs and downloads and all that good stuff. And even though I'm listening, I find myself like something will catch my attention and all of a sudden like that's my focus and my wheels get spinning. Um, I also do a lot of creative thinking when I'm in, volunteering in my kid's class. There you go. And I think it's just because that's the atmosphere and they don't know any boundaries. They're just, you know, there are no rules in the way they think. And so I just, I feel like it really gets me inspired. <laughs> Two last things. So we're going to play a friendly game of would you rather. <laughs> I knew that would make you laugh. Uh, so real quick. So OPM, other people's money or OPC, other people's contacts. Uh, there's people's contacts. I think I know the reason why. Why? Obviously because you're in network marketing. Yeah. And I mean, I can share those contacts with all the people I know, help people, help them. Exactly. I feel like I can do more with that. Good. Large library of books or a large TV? Oh, I don't watch TV. The only thing I watch on TV is like Shark Tank and Business. Like, yeah, so I guess I would have to say books, a large library. Good. Handwritten personal note or email? Oh, I love handwritten personal notes. Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune? Well, you don't watch TV, but... <laughs> I, well, actually, no, Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> I, I like game shows. Okay. But because it's like family time for us. Uh-huh, so Wheel of Fortune. And I'm competitive, so... Joining BNI to learn the principles of networking, P-L-E, mm -hmm. or for the principal, P-A-L, of networking to make money? Which one would you prefer? Oh, people that join to learn how to become better networkers. Yes. Because Beyond. if they're joining just for the money, they're not probably going to do very well. Exactly. They have to want to learn the system. 
All right. Now we're going to end with a fill in the blank, and then we're going to let you tell people how to get in touch with you. So, so you're going to fill in the blank. Don't stop blank. Trying. Don't stop trying. It seems like, like you said, you're very persistent and you're speaking from experience. You can blank. You can do anything you want. Rock it. Okay. <laughs> and, and this one, these questions I normally ask, I'm, this is only my second one, but given asking the same ones just to see if yeah. people are going to say the same thing, yeah. like don't stop believing, right? I'm thinking someone's <laughs> going to say that one day, which they probably will. And conversations are blank. Oh, conversations are inspiring. I mean, I, that's a hard one. And so learning opportunities. Yes. Yeah. So okay. So my fill in the blank would be conversations are learning opportunities. Learning opportunities. And can you expound on that? Because why is that your answer? So one of my, I think my secret to success is most people, they get really intimidated by successful people and people that are smarter than them. And for me, that's, that's how I live my life is I am, I don't, I never want to be the smartest person in the world. I never or in the room, never want to be the most talented person in the room. So those conversations, they, those, that's the learning opportunity. Excellent. Either learning about them, learning about their business, learning how I can help them, learning about myself. Love that. So, um, obviously we're at the end of this. We're at almost 50 minutes and I want to thank you um, tremendously for that your time. That really fast. <laughs> so, what platforms, social media, whatever it is, uh, if you want to give out your email, whatever you want to do, how can all the listeners reach you? So, I would love for them to like our Facebook page which is SoCal BNI. And we post a lot of great things on there, um, updates on events and you know, networking ideas, networking tips. People are gonna be posting their success stories. So love for them to like our Facebook page. Our regional website is SoCalBNI.com and all of our contact information's on there, a lot of great resources. So those are probably the two best ways to contact me or learn more about BNI. Um, my email is jenny at socalbni.com. So if there's a specific question, that'd be the best way to get that okay. to me. Is that the best way that the listeners could help you or is there a specific ask that you want to oh, leave with? So my specific ask, I am looking for referrals for speaking opportunities to real estate offices, to um, you know, different conferences, leadership development, um, even, you know, smaller venues, I've done some volunteer work for um, Fullerton University, working with their business department. I've been on a couple panels. So those types of opportunities would be really good referrals for me. All right. Well, listeners, there you go. If you can help Jenny out, that would be great. And once again, I want to thank you for your time, and hopefully we can do it again down the road. Thank you, Trent. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Venters. Your feedback is important to me because I want to make sure that you tune in again and again. So please go to iTunes and leave a review. Also, please reach out to me on Twitter at VentWithTrent. Or you can always leave me an email at VentWithTrentTheGent at gmail.com. 
Hope to hear from you soon.